back to the Stick 'em Up podcast. Brundy, this is our last podcast. We're kind of wrapping up the uh, World Juniors here. Yeah, that uh, that we are. That uh, the World Juniors are officially done for this year. Um, o- overall, a, a pretty good tournament. Um, a lot of it kind of went the way we thought it was going to be. Uh, but yeah, we'll kind of dive into the games and like, man, it could have been could have been a completely different. Uh, different tournament here there's a couple games that went some different ways a couple close ones and uh yeah but before we do actually i saw something the other day and i just thought it was 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 quite funny um it was on the 29th of december it was uh canada played sweden uh this was in the preliminary round as well by the way and sweden beat canada two nothing um, which featured um, blanking on his first name now, even though uh, Hugo Havlid. Um, he was uh, in net for Sweden and got a shutout. And he was actually the first, um, the last time the Sweden had shut out Canada in a World Juniors game was back in uh the 1998 World Juniors. Do you want to take a guess at who was the goalie for Sweden that shut out Canada way back then? That shut out Canada in 1998 for Sweden. Yeah. Jeez, that's don't you don't have to think too hard about it. That's a while ago. I mean, well, I guess you're talking about the juniors, right? So it'd be a guy who's young at that point. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Henrik Lundqvist. No. I'll give you a hint, and then you'll get it. Okay. Tampa Bay Lightning legend. No. Johan yeah. Holmquist. Yeah. It was absolute legend. And I and I pulled it up because I wanted to make sure his his numbers were were nuts. Like he played six games. He had a nine one nine save percentage and a one point eight goals against in that tournament. <laughs> Unreal. Like. Just, just insane by him, and they um, I I don't even have it pulled up here. I don't know what they ended up winning, uh, in that tournament. But yeah, I saw that and I was like, man, that's that's crazy that it's been that long since it happened, and for it to be a a guy like that, I thought was pretty uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's that's pretty cool. Um, but with that, with that out of the way, uh, we can jump into uh, the knockout round. Uh, last episode covering the World Juniors, we kind of dove into the preliminary round and looked at all that. And now uh, the important games. Um, man, what a the first day was actually very exciting of it. Um, the only one yeah. not being the the U.S. Latvia game. Don't need to dive into that. U.S. stomped them seven two. Um, I'm surprised Latvia even got two, to be honest with you. Um, but other than that, the other three games, like uh, two overtime games, the third one probably should have been an overtime game. Uh, game winning goal was scored with 11 seconds left. So, I mean, w- w- which of the three do you want to start with here? Oh, I don't even. Uh... I don't even know. I guess we'll start with the one that didn't go to overtime. All right. You know what? Yeah. Might as well get it out of the way. 
Um, Czechia upsetting Canada. Well, kind of upsetting. I, I, a lot of people actually thought Czechia was going to win this game. Uh, so Czechia defeated Canada 3-2. Um, Stancil getting the game-winning goal, his second goal of the game, uh, with 11 seconds left, uh, trying to... I don't know if he was trying to maybe throw a backdoor pass or just put it on net. Um, it went off uh, defenseman Owen Beck skate and right into the net. Crazy. Um, yeah, and and I, I was I watched the whole game and just watching, uh, you know, Czechia gets off to a two nothing lead after the first period. Canada fights and gets two back in the the second period, and then the third period was just Canada just dominating, like just pepper and check yeah and just watching it's just one of those games where you're watching and you're like okay you know what canada's doing they're throwing the kitchen sink everything they can nothing's working you just know check is going to come down and get some sort of bullshit goal and steal this game and then sure enough 11 seconds left they they do heartbreak for canada um yeah i mean i'm, I'm not surprised no, buy I, it really. I believe in our uh, last World Juniors uh, podcast coverage that uh, I was saying that this is one of the ones that, like, obviously you hope and you kind of expect Canada to win this game, but Czechia is is one of those up and coming teams that's been looking really good recently in the World Juniors. So I I was yeah. not surprised when they <laughs> pulled ahead at the last bit, but uh, that that was a real dagger for the the Canada boys. That uh, that was tough. Yeah, it was. And the there, there's a lot that we can say about Canada. Um you, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, we're not here to um talk badly about these players or name drop players who are who are bad. I I think Canada was doomed from before the tournament even started. Um I don't think they had the best head coach that they could have had for it and it was very evident when going all the way through the preliminary rounds and even most of the Czechia game their their four best scorers like their four guys that put up the most points and contributed the, the most offense for the team was their fourth line and their extra four their 13th forward yeah like when um not including the um uh, the Latvia game because like Canada was obviously going to dominate Latvia. Uh, Canada's top six, so their top two forward lines throughout the entire rest of the tournament had only three goals and five assists combined between them, which yeah. is is awful. Yeah, and especially with how high scoring these games generally are, you know, yeah, there's a lot of seven twos, eight fives, five twos, so that's yeah. not much. And and even in a tournament now where you're seeing, like the United States especially, they loaded up on all their best players that they possibly could. Uh, Sweden, Finland, Slovakia, Czechia. They're all bringing the, the best possible roster that they can for this tournament. Canada didn't. Canada tried to create an identity team, you know, where you've got your, your top guys being your scores and your, you know, third fourth liner maybe not scoring as much but they play more of a, a grittier game and they're crashing and bashing and i think that just hurt them i think they had too many good players sitting at home on the couch watching and it also doesn't help that 
you know, you could have had Bedard there, you could have had Fantilli, you could have had Benson, but they're all good enough that they're they're dominating in the NHL right now. So that's, you know, three three big players that they they could have had that could have been huge difference makers for the team, even just one of them. Uh, yeah, Bedard's going to the All-Star were, game, or hoping to, if his uh, job yeah. will let him. Yeah, but, yeah, don't know about like, that now, but... Like, could you imagine a guy plays in the... Uh, in the world juniors and then gets on a plane to Toronto and uh, not too long later is in the NHL all-star game. Yeah. Like that would be, it'd be crazy, but like, and and at the end of the day, like I know there's a lot of Canadians fans, um, like Canada as a whole, not the Montreal Canadians, obviously um, that are really kind of bashing on these players and, and all this. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, those, those players still went out and, and gave it their all like, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I think this team was just kind of doomed from, from the beginning uh, when they released their their tryout rosters and whatnot for it or whatever you want to call them. And there was already some very notable names um, playing in, in the WHL and the OHL and whatnot that weren't even on there to begin with as a thought. It was very clear that it was like, okay, this, this, is, this is the road we're going down this year. Um, yeah. And and hopefully more than anything, I mean, next year, World Juniors uh, in in Ottawa, back in Canada, uh, Canada is going to be in the same division once again as uh, the the United States, which always adds a little more uh, fuel into the preliminary round. So hopefully, this was a, a bit of a learning curve um, for them, you know, to get their shit together and uh, come back better than ever next year. But it's not to take away from what Czechia did because Czechia played a hell of a game and and really showed up in this tournament. And we'll continue to talk about Czechia more as we go on. Yeah, and it's, you know, it it works in, uh, you know, maybe in like the WHL playoffs and the NHL playoffs, getting that team where you got the bit of the identity lines uh, in your third and fourth lines that are more physical or more defensive and stuff like that. But in these best on bests, like the Olympics, the World Juniors, I think there's too much talent there, and I think you you need to just ice the best guys. And I think what you were saying about that was bang on. I think they needed to, instead of going for that, just kind of pick the guys who are right for the job and go watch yeah. and go because they they have some incredible talent. And I don't know if they brought all of it necessarily. Not like. Not like any of the guys that went didn't deserve to, but I think there were some omissions that uh, could have gone with and produced a little better. Yeah, exactly. And I hate the the stigma of in the world juniors of, you know, you got to roll with the 19-year-olds the as your top guys. Like, Macklin Celbrini was by far Canada's best player throughout the tournament, and he yeah. was never really given the opportunity to play on the top line you know, with their their top wingers or anything, he was always kind of down on that that fourth line roll up until kind of halfway through the Czechia game. Like when you've got your best player, you need to put him in the best position to lead the team. I don't care if he doesn't have a letter or he's seventeen, the only seventeen year old or whatever on the team. You need to let him lead the charge if he's the guy that's every time he was out there, he was creating chances. Like you needed to you needed to ride him more and put him in a position to help lead the team. And, and they didn't. And that, that really hurt them when they were searching for goals against 
uh, Sweden. They were struggling against Germany for a bit and then even against uh, Czechia here. So, And it's so crazy because I would so not think that would be Canada's problem because last year we saw in the first few games, uh, Bedard was low down in the lineup and he shot up to the top of the lineup so fast because they knew this is the guy that's going to carry us. And yeah, it's it's wild that they they didn't see the same thing here. Like, uh, maybe Celebrini isn't a Bedard type, but I mean, he was clearly at least in their top six players. Like, yeah, there's there's no argument for at least that. So him not being on line one or two is crazy. Uh, the the last thing I want to touch on with Canada before we uh, move on from them. Um, and th- and this is something that I really didn't think about much like throughout the tournament. But then in that Czechia game, I was just watching. I was like, wow. And it was so they they went with Rousseau all the way throughout the tournament. He played every single game for Canada. In that Czechia game, I I really believe that both of Czechia's goals could have been saved. Like, they weren't a, an unsavable goal, in my opinion. And Rousseau looked a little bit rattled after the second goal. And I was just watching. I was like, like, Canada's, they're in zero position to make a goalie change. If Czechia scored three or four in the first period, Canada was in no position to make a goalie change because they've only played this one guy the entire time. And I, I don't think, I think it would have been even worse for them had they have made a goalie change and now you throw in a goalie who hasn't played in what like two or three weeks or whatever he's just been a constant backup sitting on the bench has had no playing time in this tournament I think that's something that also could have and thankfully Rousseau uh you know came out lights out throughout the rest of the game and the third goal nothing he could do about that but it was just weird it was just interesting looking being like you know usually you see you see Canada most teams really kind of do a bit of a tandem so both goalies kind of got a feel for it and and went on and you kind of ride the hot hand in the the knockout round but like Canada really kind of had to just stick with their guy no matter what and roll with him because I think in in, and and I could be wrong making a goalie change could have maybe been huge whoever they was the backup they brought in could have balled out but I think when you've had a guy that's just been sitting on the bench for too long and and not playing, I don't think that making a goalie change was ever a realistic option for Canada. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, the, the only argument I could even see really for it is, you know, um, the other teams would have had no chance to scout these other goalies, so maybe it kind of throws a bit of a curveball into their offensive plans, yeah. uh, bringing in a new goalie. But at the same time, you know, the it it goes both ways. Yeah, the goalie hasn't had time to play he hasn't acclimated to like the game speed uh at any point over the tournament let alone just that day so yeah it it would have been a tough call to be able to do that yeah yeah exactly um but yeah canada got upset got sent home early um always tough for for us canadians fans to to watch that but uh we we move on from that um you can't you can't win it every year yeah, exactly right. And exactly. you know what? That's like we do win. Canada does win it very often. Um, but like if we legitimately won every year, it would feel at least a little hollow, you know? Like if yeah. 
Like if there was no legitimate competition, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have much meaning in the whole tournament. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's good to see that other co countries are able to produce high quality young hockey players like this in this day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other game, uh, sweet or Finland and Slovakia, um, great kind of back and forth game. Both teams kind of trading goals, uh, minute and a half left in the game. It's tied up. Finland takes the lead. Um, didn't rattle Slovakia one bit. They come back out, uh, 40 seconds later with about 45 seconds left in the game. Uh, they tie it up to send it to overtime. And then pretty quickly into overtime, uh, Finland ends it off a, a beautiful goal from uh, Lasilla, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, th that, that was a, yeah. a fantastic game. Um, probably the game I thought was going to be the closest out of all of them. I thought these two teams matched up yeah. well with each other, and we, we got exactly that from them. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because... Um, I believe that game went first and then the Canada-Czechia game was next uh, that day. And, yeah. you know, neither were massive upsets, but both of them, I would say, were upsets. So seeing Finland win that game and then seeing Czechia win, it was kind of like, what's, uh, what's going on here? You know, it, 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 things were looking a little backwards. So that was, that was really fun. Um, but yeah, Finland yeah. played a great game. Um, Slovakia did too, but uh, yeah, Finland just uh, kept kept going, and they were able to win it in overtime. It was great goal too. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those games that, that could have went either way. I don't think uh, Slovakia's got anything to you know hang their heads about in this tournament. I thought they did everything they could have. Uh, it's just gonna be interesting to see them back next year and see. Uh, you know what what they can do now because it's going to be a lot of new guys next year on that team so it'll be uh, interesting to see what what guys they've got uh, coming in to to kind of take over for that team and uh you know if they can kind of repli replicate some of the magic that they've had with uh this team that they've had for the last two years yeah it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see how they match up against some of the other uh kind of middle teams in the pack uh yeah. come the next few years yeah and then uh, the last game of the the first round of the knockout round uh, could have been the the upset of the the century. Um, I was so Sweden, excited. I thought it was going to happen. I believed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sweden gets off to an early uh, two nothing lead after the first period against Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland comes back out, uh, makes it two one, almost ties it up uh, to end the second period. Um, and then, you know, they go out there, uh, they keep pushing, they keep grinding, they tie it up in the third to send it to overtime. Uh, good good back and forth overtime, unfortunately, just a, a, bad, uh, a, a bad penalty taken by Switzerland in, in overtime. And then uh, Axel Sandin Pelika, uh, beautiful shot, gets the, the OT winner and uh, heartbreak for Switzerland. But, I mean, to send it to overtime and grind back from down to nothing after the first period is, is incredible for them against this, uh, this juggernaut of a Sweden team that there was yeah. this year, especially since they were the home team too. Like that was an impressive comeback. And I thought it was, I thought they were going to win it in regulation after they scored and tied it up. 
And then a few minutes later, the, when Sweden took their too many players, their too many men pe- penalty, I I thought they were going to score on that power play. Like, I, yeah. I thought it was happening. But, uh, like, if you can... If you can make people believe, then uh, you are you are at least pretty in the game. So they yeah. uh, they did a really good job out there. Uh, nothing to be ashamed of there. Yeah, exactly. Um, full props to, to you know all, all the teams that that went out: uh, Slovakia, Canada, Latvia, Switzerland. Um, I think all teams put up a great showing, uh, given what they came in with for the tournament where they ended up. You know, I, I don't think any team. Really, maybe the only one is Canada, who, who can kind of hang their heads. Um, and I think more so than anything, that's just because of all the pressure on them of the of trying to trying to threepeat um, going into this year. But at the end of the day, like the teams that won uh, deserve to win and can't take anything away from from those guys. Yeah. Uh, which moves us on into the semifinals. But before the semifinals. The relegation yeah. game. Um, it's no longer the best two out of three. It's just the the one and done. Um, we had the two right. bottom seeds, uh, Germany and Norway. Again, another another overtime game. Another uh, overtime game. Like it was it was crazy watching this many games go to overtime. Like yeah. there was there was so many tense moments over just a few days of hockey. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah, and con- considering, you know, going through the the preliminary round, we didn't have any any overtime finishes. All we had was uh, the United States beating Czechia in a shootout, and then Finland uh, beating Sweden in a shootout. And now to go in and you know you had the in the in the first round you had the two overtime games and the relegation game you had overtime. Uh, you you were getting a lot of good action um, here, but but at the end of the day, uh, Germany did uh, win this one after a hard fought game. Uh, but by both both sides, both teams played their hearts out. Um, Germany just edging out. Oh, see, now I did it. <laughs> now I did it. Now, now, now it's just now in my head. Them. Now I'm edging them. Uh, but now we know that Germany will be uh, sticking around um, in the World Juniors next year, coming to Ottawa, and then Kazakhstan will now be replacing Norway, who will have to fight for their their way back in in uh, next year. Yeah, and that's you know uh, maybe maybe it's a little bit of a reach, but it, it but it's extra cool with um, the juniors next year is in Ottawa, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you know now all the uh, German players are going to get to go to Ottawa next year, and you know maybe uh, maybe a big time German star like Timmy Stutzel will be around in uh, yeah in Ottawa looking at the rink uh, during their game. So that might yeah. be a. Uh, a cool bit of a prize for winning out that uh, overtime. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's, there's a lot of things that can, can be taken away from it. Um, but we, we don't need to dive too much in, into that one. Cause we've got uh, the other, the other big games, um, which, yeah. which one do you want to go with first? Do you want to go with the, uh, let's, uh, let's talk Sweden about one or Sweden, Czechia, Sweden, Czechia. Yeah. Um, th- this one, I mean, not not a whole lot to be said. Uh, good back and forth game throughout the first and second period, and then you know, in in typical Sweden fashion, they they blow it wide open in the third, um, racking up three goals uh, and just kind of stiff arming their way through uh, 
through the last little bit of the game to to kind of take it in in what looks like a decisive win five two, but I, I still think it was a lot closer than than the score dictates. Yeah, I mean, with fifteen minutes left, there it was a two to two game. Like it, uh, it yeah, that the score really doesn't tell the whole story. All of a sudden, with uh, fourteen with fourteen fi- minutes and fifty ish seconds left, Sweden scores. With eight minutes left, Sweden scores, and then a minute after that, Sweden scores again. Like they, yeah, yeah they blew it up, blew it open at the very end, and that's uh, that's got to be tough. Do you know if they uh, swapped goalies at any point uh, in that last bit? Um, I'm not too sure. I should, I can I'll, find uh, I can out. I don't, out. I don't believe so. I think they they no, just stuck was, with oh their one guy. Oh, that's Sweden's. That's why it's only two goals against. Yep, it was the um, same goal the whole time. Yeah. Michael Hrabble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like like overall, uh, still a great show by Czechia. Um, one of those games where I don't think, you know, many people had them pegged to win. I think they still gave uh, Sweden a tougher time than uh, a lot of people and even the team Sweden. Um, thought going in yeah i think i think they gave them they gave them a real good uh run for their money um these teams like you can squeak one out on canada but it's it's hard to win multiple games in a row like it like it's tough to be the underdog and win consistently so uh yeah props to them for sticking in it as long as they did yeah for sure and then the the other semifinal game, um, the U.S. versus Finland, uh, great, great game by both teams. Um, you know, Finland gets off to a really early one nothing lead. Uh, halfway through the first period, they double down, make it two nothing. So Finland up two nothing after the first period had to be feeling pretty good. Um, but then in the second period, uh, the U.S. Bing Bing. Uh, in the span of about four minutes, they they get two to tie it up, and then Cutter Gautier gets a power play goal with about three minutes left um, to to kind of steal it right at the end there from from Finland and uh, yeah sends sends US to the the gold medal and Finland off to the the bronze. But again, an- another great game by by Finland. You know they really started off the tournament uh, in a bit of a rough spot um, and then really picked it up in the second half and uh you know e- e- easily could have could have won this game i thought yeah which is crazy considering they were playing the u.s like it's kind of wild that usa versus finland and sweden versus czechia those games were a lot closer than anyone thought they'd be i think um yeah they did both get the outcome that a lot of people thought but they were they were close and yeah you know at the end of the day finland is uh fourth in the tournament and i mean what's canada fifth fifth fifth, fifth yeah. yeah yeah so yeah at the end of the day they, they still finished higher than canada which is uh, a win in itself um regardless of, of of anything i think to finish ahead of you know one of the teams that's usually always a a gold medal winner and if not uh, they're they're at least winning a silver or a bronze um to you know, finish above them at the end of the day in the tournament, uh, you know, is, is may not feel as great. Um, you know, if you're not bringing home anything to show for it, 
but at, looking back, you know, you got to be like, you know, that's still pretty, pretty cool that we were able to do that. Yeah. Um, which then uh, leaves us with only two games left, the, the bronze medal game and the gold medal game. Uh, two happy teams at the end of the day, two sad teams, funny enough. One of the sad teams is, is still getting more than, than one of the happy teams, but that's just uh, the way it goes when you're the only thing you're at, your mind is set on is, is winning gold. Uh, but we'll start with the bronze. Yeah, the bronze medal game first. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the craziest games um, we've seen in quite a while in... In the World Juniors, and it's even crazier when you look at the score and you're like, oh, it's, it's 8-5. But, um, so we'll kind of dive more into it, but just kind of give a run-through of it. Uh, Finland gets off to an early 2-0 lead in the first. Uh, Czechia makes it 2-1 um, near the end of the first. Czechia ends up tying it up um, about halfway through the second. And then Finland, again, it's, it's that kind of common theme, just bing, bing, bing. Um, in the span of six minutes, they they rattle off three goals um, to take a, a big five to two lead. Five to uh, two lead. Like Czechia gets crazy. a yeah, and then Czechia gets a huge shorthanded goal um, uh, right at the end of the second period to give him a little bit of life. It's like, hey, we're down five two now, going on the penalty kill. You get a big shorthanded goal to end the period off. Now, now you're feeling a little bit better though going into the third. You got a little bit of life um, and you a little more faith. Uh, five minutes in, another power play goal for, for Czechia. Um, to, and, and that's also the other thing is, so now it's 5-4, but Czechia had three power play goals and one shorthanded goal. Yeah. So all, all special teams goals for them. Yeah, no, and, no and, five on five. And now it's 5-4 with two minutes left. Finland's still winning. Czechia sets a world junior record scoring four goals in 50 seconds in the final uh, two minutes to steal the bronze medal away from Finland. Um, Two of those goals being empty net goals that were only two seconds apart, which I think could also, I don't know for sure, but I think that could also be another world junior record um, for fastest two goals scored by one team. It looks insane just looking at the at the stat sheet. 58-52 goal by Ryman's Dominic. And then another goal, 58-54 by Andre Beecher. So that's yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean at, at the end of the day, and that uh last goal by Beecher ended up being the um his hat trick goal, he he got the the shorthanded goal at the end of the second period, and he got the first of their their four goals. Um, that that was the eventual goal to tie the game up. Um, I mean, that's got to be heartbreaking for Finland. I mean, you're you're two minutes away from winning the bronze medal, and you know, in, in the span of in in all of it, probably about three minutes. It, all comes crashing down all of a sudden it's like fuck eight yeah. five now like that that's got to be so rough on that uh finish goalie yeah and not, not even him but like the players like all of them like uh, 
I can't even imagine what was going through their heads after that game. Like, um, but like for Czechia, I mean, just that hell of a showing, insane resiliency to be down, you know, five two, and you score six unanswered goals like that. Um, and make a statement there with it being eight five in the end, um, like just incredible for Czechia. Like that's that's a huge win for them. Uh, you know, silver last year, um, losing against Canada, and now bronze this year. Like that's that's back to back years for them of of going home with a medal, which is is pretty pretty huge. Like to you know to be able to say that in back to back years you've yeah you've knocked off some of the best teams like. Uh, to to go through Canada and then you know you give Sweden a bit of a run and then you you knock off Finland like that. That's uh, that that's huge for Czechia and that shows how far they've come over recent years in their uh, their development over there for their players. Yeah, and also so they lost five two to Sweden in the second fi- in the semifinals. Um, yeah. Finland only lost to the U.S. It was three to two, and then Czechia beat Finland eight to five. They they have an argument that they can they can beat the U.S. The argument is yeah. there. Like you guys could only beat them three to two. We just pounded them eight to five. Like, yeah, like we were just saying, the game was very close until the last two minutes. But you know, the argument is definitely there. Like they they can beat any team in this in this tournament. Well, even looking at the um, the gold medal game, like, well, we'll kind of dive more into it in depth in a sec, but us at one point with about three minutes left was, was up five, two, like can make the argument that, I mean, if Czechia can, and I know us is a better team, but like with that resiliency of Czechia, there, there was, there was still hope even watching that being like, Oh, you know, Sweden could have rattled off three goals, bing, 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 or maybe even four and, and ended up winning that game. Like there, there's an argument, a very strong you can make that had Czechia, you know, been been up against US, they, yeah, they could have definitely given them um, a, a bit of a run. Like they, they only lost to the US four three in a shootout. Um, and it wasn't even OT. It was in, in the preliminary yeah, so. round. Like they, they were close to being the one team uh, that that beat beat the US throughout this tournament. So. Yeah. Like just uh, incredible for Czechia this year. Um, very excited to see what team they roll in with next year, and uh, yeah, and and they're going to be coming in trying to capitalize on the success and be like, you know what, we just won silver, we won bronze. Like it, it's our time to to get the gold. And you know what, with how close and competitive this term is really becoming amongst the top teams, there's there's nothing stopping them from from taking it all next year. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. They like they're they're going to be one of my favorites next year. Like I think I think they're going to be yeah. at minimum the t- in the top four. Like I I think they're going to be a really strong competitor next year. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. Uh, and then that just leaves us with the uh, the big game, the the final gold game of the tournament, game. the gold medal game. Um, for the most part, a really good back and forth game. Um, U.S. Up one nothing after the first. Um, kind of couple goals back and forth. Late goal from Sweden in the second. Uh, makes it a 3-2 U.S. lead after the the second. Isaac Howard um, got both goals for, 
for the states there in the second period as well. Um, so going into the third, it's like, all right, 3-2, close, close game, good back and forth. Uh, early goal in the third from the states um, really kind of made you think, be like, okay, you know what? I, I think the U.S. is going to win this one now. Um, it was tough to see Sweden coming back from a two-goal deficit and then finding a way to get that third or, or winning it in overtime. Uh, and then an awesome goal from Ryan Leonard, just powering his way through to to get that kind of icebreaker that to kind of seal the deal there for for the U.S. and then an empty netter from their captain uh, Rutger McGordy. Great um, hockey name. Great hockey name. Between, and then between ending Rutger McGordy and uh, Chaz Lucius, they got some sweet names coming up in uh, Winnipeg. Not only that, Winnipeg's first in the league right now, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, 6-2 in the end, uh, still a closer game than the score dictates. Um, but I, th- I think everybody kind of felt like the U.S. was going was gonna to win this game. Um, I, I think like, they were the, the heavy favorite going into this tournament. Uh, they wrapped the tournament up being 7-0. and um, kind of stapling it with a, a big 6-2 win in the gold medal game against a Sweden team that always seems to be right there in, in the end, but just can never get that gold medal, it seems. Yeah, and it's it's too bad. You would have loved to see these guys get it when the ju- World Juniors is in Sweden. It would have yeah. been really fun. So that's a, that's a bit of a bummer, but, you know, they they put up a great showing nonetheless. Yeah, and um, I mean, not too much talking about the game, really. Um, obviously, congrats to the U.S. on, on winning gold this year. Um, still a long ways away from catching up to Canada in gold medals, um, but nonetheless, still a, still a big congratulations to, to them. Um, Jonathan LeCaramacchi was the one who won the tournament MVP, correct? Yes, he was. Which was he, not is he very the often you. Of no. Okay. No. And it's not very often you see that go to a player who was on the the losing end. Do you think if this tournament took place in, let's say Canada, no, uh, neither the states or Sweden, do you think he still wins it? Um, I'm not sure. It's a very interesting one. I don't. It's tough to say because he's he's not even my pick for for who should have won. Who do you think um, should have? I, I think it should have been Cutter Gautier, personally, for mm. for um for the for US. the Americans. I mean he end ended the tournament leading or tied for the, the lead, uh, lead in points. He had twelve points in in seven games. He was a plus nine. Um you know. Yeah, it's tough to say. You 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 got to wonder, right? Is it? Yeah, a big part of me makes you wonder. You know, is it because of the fact it was in Sweden, or because Lukaku? Mac- I mean, he was tied for uh, the leading goals um, with seven with Isaac Howard. They were both tied with uh, seven after yeah. the gold medal game. Um, so I mean, and and you know, I saw a lot of people being like saying that it, it probably should have been Isaac Howard who won it. But I'm thinking, like, if you're giving it to a player on the winning team, the Americans, I think it's got to go to Gautier. Like, he was their 
their workhorse throughout the whole tournament. I was um, going to say, Isaac Howard had a lot of great goals, a lot of great finishes, but Gautier set, like, te- those 10 assists that he has, a lot of those, like, are not just assists that he gets, but, like, at least seven of them are, like, completely plays that he starts. Like, he's he's the only yeah. reason the entire play comes together. So I, I definitely uh, would not disagree if Gautier uh, were to get it. Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting argument, and a lot of people have been wondering why did Lekaramaki get it? I think he was a a huge part of Sweden's success. But my my thing is always just, and it's I view it very similar to the the Conn Smythe in the playoffs. Yeah, like unless you got a, you know, say Canada end up losing last year to Czechia, unless you've got what Bedard did in the World Juniors last year, or what Shager did with. Um, the ducks that one year, like, yeah, it, it I, I just feel like it's just a con thing. It should go to a, the MVP should be a part of the team that won it all. Unless yeah. you've got that outrageous circumstance of a player, yeah, a guy who is scoring at, at least two points per game. Um, and that's like NHL two points per game, which probably translates to closer to two and a half to three points per game in this tournament. Yeah. Like, like Bedard was over three points per game. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one. Um, I don't think Lekaramaki is the wrong pick. I, I would no. not complain about it. But I there were some people uh, thinking that there were some other guys slightly more deserving. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, like I, I and I think if it wasn't to go to Cutter Gote, I think Lekaramaki is a fine choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It it definitely raises some questions on how they pick or the circumstances. Because again, a, the big thing is is like it, it was in Sweden, so does that play a role in it? Like, I I don't know for sure. You kind of got to think that it does a bit, though. Yeah, um, you got you got to kind of guess that, but it's it's hard to tell. I have no idea who makes these decisions either. Like, yeah, I think it's yeah. I'm not even sure. It's got to be some higher ups in the double IHF, not just, you know, the the Swedish arena staff or anything. So I don't think they had their hands in it too much, but. Yeah. Um, One more thing I just wanted to throw in. I just, uh, I would say a big shout out to the, the crowd in um, Sweden throughout it all. Like I know a lot of games was a lot of fans of other teams and whatnot, um, but there was a lot of Sweden fans at, at every game and, uh, you know, having a good time. They had a lot of good chance going. Uh, they made the atmosphere there. You know, they made, I, I don't even know the amount of people that were there as fans, but they made it sound, you know, five times louder. Um, even in the gold medal game, you know, no fans left. It was still a, a packed house there, even though Sweden was getting uh, dominated at the end of the game. Still cheering loud and, and cheering Sweden on as they they got their medals and went off the ice. So, uh, it, it's a good look for Sweden there, um, their fans, you know, and and it really yeah. shows that they're they're deserving of um, having the World Juniors back sometime within the next couple years. Absolutely, they they did a phenomenal job hosting, uh, as far as uh, anything I've heard, anything that I've seen. So uh, all indicators are that they did a great job as the hosts, and yeah, uh, if they go back in any time in the next five years, I would not be disappointed with that just a little biased but i i'm still a big fan of it either being in canada or the states 
just because I'm not a huge fan of having to get up at 3 a.m. for to watch some of these games. Um, and then yeah. watching them all the way until you know 2 p.m., like 12 hours there. Um, it, it's a lot. Like I prefer the you know, the games start at whatever noon our time and by 10 p.m. here it they're done. So you can do it during the day um, rather than waking up outrageously early for them. But Sweden is more than deserving of. Uh, yeah. And of that's having just selfishly from us over here, because, you know, yeah, there's probably exactly. people watching in Sweden or Finland over there saying the same thing when we get to host it. So, yeah, I- exactly. Right. Except for them. What would it be like? Actually, I guess it would be kind of the same thing. Some of the games would start for them. It would be like the first games would start at like six or seven. Yeah, five, six, seven. And then by the time like the big games, like the gold medal game, like for us at least, the gold medal game, you know, was happening at uh, like eleven o'clock, eleven thirty here. Whereas for them, the gold medal game would be the one taking place at you know two thirty three in the morning over there. Yeah. So. So, you know, maybe, maybe yeah, they kind of get actually get the short end to stick with that because I'd rather still be waking up watching the 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 relegation game and whatnot rather than the gold medal game or anything like that. So yeah, um, but all, all in all, great tournament. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it kind of went as expected in terms of of who who some of the winners were. Um, do you have yeah. any? Uh, do you have any big uh, standouts of guys who weren't talked about a ton before the tournament that you think just like raised their draft draft stock a lot, or you know, really, really built up some more hype around themselves if they're already drafted? Yeah, I mean, like go, going through all the guys at at the top and the guys that dominated, like they're all the aside from really Selbrini, um, they're they're kind of the guys that are the and Theo uh, Lindstein with um, Sweden. Those are kind of the guys that are the, you know, they're already projected to to be high, you know, draft picks, especially Salbrini. Um, so they kind of did what was expected. But the one guy I would say who really um, just, you know, because this is a guy that plays over in Sweden normally, so we don't, you know, get to see him as much. But Axel Sandin Pelika um, for Detroit, yeah. um, they've got another stud on the back end from Sweden uh, coming to join them in the coming years. Um, he's he's going to be a a phenomenal player for them. I Detroit fans should be very excited about uh, about getting him over um, when he does decide to make the jump over to, to North America. Yeah, and it's interesting you said him because he was he was going to be my guy. He was going to be the one that I was uh, highlighting. He he looked really solid all throughout the tournament. He came up clutch when he had to, and uh, it looks like Stevie Wise done it again. You know, another off the bit of an off the board at the time pick that uh, starting to look like a really nice one now. Yeah, and there was even a lot of um, yeah. Uh you know, analysts and scouts that really believed that he should have been the first um, defenseman selected in the draft last year, not a, not a David Reinbacker. A lot of guys even said, you know, after the Bedard Carlson 
Fantilli three kind of go in the top three. There was a lot of um, GMs and scouts that said, had we had the fourth overall pick, that probably would have been the guy we would have went with. Um, really? Which, which is very interesting. Picks, that's wild. Yeah. There was, a, there was a lot of guys that were really high on him, and he's now really starting to show that, you know, what is Steel Detroit got, um, having him fall that far to them. They're, yeah, just another great uh, move made by Stevie Y that's going to pay off huge for Detroit now in the, the coming years. Yeah, and I'm uh, selfish, a little selfishly here. I'm, uh, I'm hoping that Isaac Howard can make that, uh, take that next step uh, sooner rather than later in the next uh, two to three years. Uh, yeah. Man, him, him being a left winger is so good too. If we can have a top six of Hegel, Point, Kucherov, and then Howard, Sorelli, Stamkos, that'd be real nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he's going to be a, a good player for Tampa. And considering, well, he was Tampa Bay's only prospect in the tournament, I believe. Yeah. And he, he balled out, you know, being the only Tampa guy there. He he put on quite a show for Tampa fans, so, which is always good to see because, you know, in these tournaments, like, you it's know. So it's so fun to watch the guys that you you know your team has taken. Like, it's fun to watch all of yeah. them, but to be like, that that's like one of our guys. Like, it's. It's like this extra representation when you're already watching your country be represented. So, yeah, exactly right. It's it's a good time, and I believe he's our only like he's our only first round pick in the last like, geez, like five, five years. years, six years. Yeah. Like, God, it's been, like it's been a bit since we drafted in the first round. So, um. Just one more thing, because it popped up for me, and I, th I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's give him more okay. credit. Guess what Czechia's power play percentage was at the end of the tournament? All games taken into consideration. 20%? Higher. 30? Higher. Higher than 30? 36? Higher. D Bro, 40? higher 50 geez yeah 50 percent 50 even 50 50 percent even good god like that's that's impressive wow that is very impressive like 50 percent half half their power plays are scoring on that's like and i know it's in the world juniors and you play against some couple bad teams or not but like I don't care. Comparing it up against the states, um, thirty-six percent. Uh, Canada, thirty-eight percent. Germany, twenty percent. Slovakia, thirty-eight percent. Actually, Sweden. Okay, at yeah, forty-five. Yeah, but that was also Sweden. Like they had the top power play percentage in the tournament. So that's uh, that's that's mighty impressive for them. I'll give them that. Absolutely. That's cool. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy that all of the numbers were that high for the power plays you were just listing. But yeah, 50, that's that's ludicrous. Half the penalties they yeah. scored on. Like, that's... You, you can't there take you penalties against teams like that. Yeah. That's another another big thing that Czechia can, can be proud of it at the end of the day. They got a lot to be proud of. I think yeah. more than anything, I think Czechia went home with their heads held the highest in that tournament. Yeah, I think I think they have. Well, maybe I they don't, have a I don't lot to know. be excited about. Yeah. Um, 
but with that, I think that kind of wraps up everything we had. Um, yeah. For for the World Juniors, again, great tournament. Um, like like as always, they they do such a good job with this tournament. Uh, the only thing is, you know, maybe a little bit better refing. I think there was a lot of calls that not a lot of people agreed with. There wasn't a lot of consistency. The one thing I didn't like, though, is at the end of the gold medal game, they did a thing of like the refs go up and get like an award. Um, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that during the the um, Finland Czechia game, so I'm not sure. But the refs got booed um, during the gold medal game, and I, and I was thinking like, man, this was like the one game where I thought the refing was actually for the most like pretty good for the most part. Like, yeah, there were some calls I didn't. Games? Yeah, there, like there was yeah. there were some calls I didn't fully agree with. But by the definition of the rules, they made the right call and they got the call right every time. Yeah. And 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 maybe it's just because Sweden lost. I don't know. But I was like, man, you know what? If anything, these refs didn't deserve to get booed today because I thought they they did really well. Considering how there was a, quite a few big hits and got a little chippy at the end and uh, I, th- I thought the refs handled it very well, so I wasn't a fan of them getting booed for for that one. Yeah, nor normally I'm all for booing the refs, but uh, they they did a good job, especially in that game. Um, all throughout the tournament, was it fantastic? No, but I think it was fine. I think it was good enough. I don't think it's worth them getting booed at the end. No, I I would say you know what, looking back at it, I would say nine out of ten calls the refs got right. But it was that yeah. one call that they didn't. They really fucked up on. And yeah. that blurred everyone's perception of them. So, you know, you kind of take from that what you will. Like, for the most part, they were actually really, really good. But it's just those, the, those one calls they messed up on were, were really big ones that are, is tough to, to, to forget. You know, those are the ones that stick with you more than, than anything, right? So, yeah. It's just so much easier for people to remember. It's so much easier to remember the bad calls a ref makes versus good call ref, you know? Yeah, you say good exactly. Call ref and you move on. But if they mess it up, you're talking about it for a week. So, yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps up uh, all we got here for the, the 2024 World Juniors. Um, we look forward to doing this again in a year's time when we're, we're covering the tournament taking place over in Ottawa. And they just announced uh, like two days ago, I think it was, that the 2026 World Juniors will be taking place in the Twin Cities um, down in Minnesota. Um, So we know the next two years are both going to be in North America. Um, And then I'm assuming after that, it'll probably be they'll they'll take a trip back out over uh, way out east over to maybe maybe a Czechia. You know, if they... If they're constantly in the medal games, I don't... Why not give them a chance to to host... uh, host this tournament right yeah as long as they've got you know the venue for it and the uh the accommodations they then there's really no reason if they don't if they even keep up with uh what they've been doing so yeah for sure interesting to see yeah well thank you to everybody for listening um to this special world juniors episode of the stick em up podcast um, as always, you can follow us over on Instagram or Twitter slash X at S-E-U Hockey. Uh, feel free to throw us a follow, say hi, 
Tell us what you want us to talk about. Uh, tell us we suck. Anything. Like, you're, you can do whatever you want on social media, right? Um, but I guess with that, uh, once again, thanks to everybody for listening. And this will be out early in the week. So we will see you guys later this week.